Relationship smart women want to learn how to transform their intimate relationships. We feel frustrated, disconnected, and lackluster in our relationships, but we are done with blaming our partners. We are done with doing nothing about it. We are ready to do our bit to make things better so that we feel more connected, more alive, more truly ourselves in our intimate relationships. Welcome to Relationship Smart Women, the podcast. It is really exciting to be with you. If you've been here for a while, you've been through the transition of Unbreakable. Today, I'm going to bring you an interview I actually did two years ago as season three of Unbreakable. And various reasons meant I did not bring it to you then. And we've been on pause while I found what I really want to be talking about relationship smart women. And this first interview is with an incredible woman, Jacqueline Hellier, who herself has two podcasts. She runs tantric workshops. She has online courses. She's written books. She calls herself a transpersonal sex therapist. So she doesn't just look at what's going on in the bedroom. She looks at what's going on in the relationship. And this interview is a really good one. You're going to love it. The next two interviews that will follow this one are also some that came from two years ago. Again, they're amazing women and you're going to love these interviews. So I can't wait for you to listen. And I'd love for you to like, leave a review and share this with anyone who you think is going to enjoy it too. So welcome Jacqueline. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I thought we might start by just um, maybe you could tell us how hmm. you got into the realm of relationship sex and love. Um, perhaps you didn't start off thinking that's where you would end up and here you are. Yes, people always ask me that question and there's a lot of different stories I can tell to say how I got to where I am. But I sometimes say that when I was a child, I always had this... Um, belief that I was going to be a scientist, a warrior, and a priest. <laughs> and Lofty in, goals. Yeah, yeah. And in many ways, that's what I've done. It's been a bit roundabout to get there. But certainly scientists, there are lots of science degrees, and I've just enrolled in another master's to go in and do a PhD in transpersonal sex, um, sexology. Wow. Um, so lots of letters after my name, mostly scientific, although some other stuff as well. Um, was a martial artist for many, many years. So I got the warrior and, in fact, I needed to be a warrior to be able to do this work because to try and change people's view around sexuality and so forth is you, you – it's a fight. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a hard fight. I mean, I did Aikido, so it's about flowing-type martial arts, but you've still got to be tough. Um, I got thrown on the, floor, on the, on the mat like, thousands and thousands of times. It makes you tough. Um, and then the priest thing, well, yeah, like eventually I became a therapist um, through various different routes and so forth. And I think that's essentially what the priestly thing is. And because I'm a transpersonal therapist, I work at all levels of the of the being. So, um, you know, the spiritual is just as important as the emotional and the intellectual and, and the physical. It's not about separating out the physical from the emotional, from the spiritual, from it's actually integrating the whole thing and, and making it a whole. So, yes, yeah, so, I mean, if you had a spare few hours, I could go through my life journey. But <laughs> let's <second>. just... <laughs> And I had a few kids along the way and, and so forth. And, um, yes, I've had a couple of careers. I didn't start off in this area, but um, various things led me to being here. Mm, wonderful. So, mm. yeah. I love that. I love how the um, the priest and the warrior and the scientist really do kind of yeah. sum it up, don't they? I mean, yes. I, I, I want to just maybe... Uh, stick with the warrior for a moment because um you know western sexuality has some problems let's just say and (laughs) and i'm just wondering you know if you could if you could sum that up in a nutshell what would you say are the problems that cause people to go wrong in with their sex lives 
with their sex lives well mm. because we've separated out sex and sexuality from the rest of life we've done that for so long mm. um you know sex was seen as this base thing that was not godly not spiritual it was a bad thing um and that's been so much the part of um western history and social consciousness for so long that it's still really um ingrained in our in our beings mm. and most people have got no concept of how how empowering it can be to be in touch with your sexuality particularly as a woman because mm. part of the sad thing about female sexual history is that for most of most of our history female sexuality was seen as um as subordinate to male sexuality we were just female sexuality was there to serve male sexuality when in fact it's actually the other way round the, the, <laughs> yes, yes. right up front and one of the actual truths is actually male sexuality if anything i mean we're really equal but if anything male sexuality is there to serve female sexuality because mm. sexuality is more complex and we can go to higher states and it's by going there that we take our partner assuming we're with a man which we don't have to be of course but if we are then we take him on this to these beautiful places that he can't get to himself mm. so because sexuality for because we separated out this for so long really what we ended up with was a very masturbatory approach to sex mm. it was physical it was a bit like got an itch to scratch um and women weren't supposed to have itches to scratch if you did you tended to get locked up for being crazy or burnt to the stake or stoned to death which is what we've generally done to women historically if they had any you know sexual um impetus um so you know men had men had a scratch an itch and they would just kind of scratch inside their vagina until he came and said oh that's better but that's actually masturbation yes. and even if you're masturbating with another person uh which is what most people think of as sex these days it's all about getting each other off i'm i mean it's a step better than it used to be where you know who cared about the women at least these days more chivalrous and hopefully she's had an orgasm along the way but again it's this kind of orgasm that's really a masturbatory kind of an orgasm mm. this blip and yes it's a lovely blip but it's just a blip um and it's you know i do you and you do me it's a transaction done key performance you know indicators met success while everyone got to sleep feeling somehow a little bit like something's missing but not quite sure what it is yes <laughs> um school we learn all about all these dysfunctions people have they got dysfunctions of desire dysfunctions of performance dysfunctions of orgasm and i'm kind of like people if we're all so dysfunctional maybe it's the model that's the problem i totally feel it is i mean yeah. i in my personal experience the I I've kind of I've recently just wrote written a blog post I'm let to, yet to release it but um mm -hmm. I'm calling it get off the orgasm train it feels like it's a train and mm. and sex is a train right and once you yeah. get on it there's no mm -hmm. getting off until you get to orgasm station yeah yeah that is the biggest problem it's masturbatory and there's yeah. nothing wrong with masturbation no what happened great do it but you know it's often easier to do it yourself yeah if you want to be with your partner it's about making love mm. and all of the good juicy stuff that comes from making love whether we're talking physiologically in terms of what's happening hormonally you get the the happy hormones flowing and neurologically it gets you into really it gets your nerves into a good state or if we want to be more poetic and talk about the energy that's that's transferred between two people mm. it's what keeps us happy and healthy and together and it's such a beautiful thing and the kind of orgasms that you can have from that approach look you might have some of those peak clitoral kind of you know blip type orgasms which are great i'm not saying mm -hmm. they're not bad. but you can go on orgasmic waves and you can get to orgasmic states and it's it's a very different way of looking at what orgasm is and it's more about focusing on pleasure and connection Yes. and really about connection and losing yourself in the pleasure of that connection mm. so that you hope opening up the heart as much as as the sexual centers and the energy flows between them within you and then they flow between you and your partner as well mm. right oh so much more yummy oh yes. i mean really the whole point is connection isn't it yes. and it and it feels like yes. we've made this the point of it this external mm. thing which is orgasm mm. which means yep. Your partner's not really tuned into you. They're tuned yeah. into yeah. whether you're close to orgasm or not, which is kind of, yeah. yeah, I don't know.
Yeah, and the definition of orgasm, as I was just saying, is this very limited one, yes. right? Yes. Because we because we base, you know, like in science and medicine, and everything until recently, we've based everything on men. Men are normal, mm. and women are abnormal version of a man. So whatever men do is considered normal and right. So that men have these ejaculatory type orgasms, very obvious. So whatever a woman's orgasm has to be like a man's orgasm. Mm-hmm. We focus on you know the clitoral orgasm, the, the blip orgasm. Um, when in fact, I mean, seriously, ladies, you've got to get this. If you limit yourself to a male version of sexuality, you are so limiting yourself. You have, we can go way beyond that. And when we go way beyond that, the guys go way beyond that as well. Yeah, men can be multi-orgasmic as well. They don't have to just, you know, squirt out this little bit of semen and yay, we're all done, you know. Over time, it sort of becomes, is that it? You know, and that's why I have so many people coming to me. They come to me going, you know, there's got to be more. Yeah. There's got to be more. I, I was listening to a, a little video you made um, where you were talking about how people get so bored with sex. Sexual, sexual boredom, especially for women, yeah. is a big deal. Mm. And loss of libido, libido just plummets when we're bored. And yeah. you were likening, yeah. it, it, likening it to eating, was it, um, bread and dripping every day for dinner. Oh, yeah. Like so often women come to me and a couple of things they do. One of them is they say, I don't like sex. And I say, well, please describe your sex life. Um, and I'm like, well, God, I can't blame you. I would hate sex too if that was my sex life because, yes. yeah, you don't dislike sex, you're bored. You have mm-hmm. no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they'll say, oh, I'm not orgasmic. And I'm like, well, no, no, you're not going to be orgasmic if that is sex. Yeah. You're doing everything wrong. Yeah. There's no way that, that you're going to do it, right? Mm. And the other thing that, that women do is they come to me and they say, I've lost my libido, mm. as though it's a thing, right? As though, oh, my God, I put it down somewhere. Like, have you seen it? Maybe I left it behind the fridge. or Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> libido is not a thing. It's something that you cultivate, mm. and that's partly what relationship is about. Like, there's stuff that you can do yourself to cultivate your sexual interest and your sexual desire by being healthy and not being too tired and doing good things in life so that you've got the happy hormones flowing anyway. And then between you and your partner, it's like you're constantly exchanging this this unique energy. It's a mix of your sexual and love energy that you share just with your partner and no one else. Mm. And it's like there's this secret sort of vibration that's going between you. Mm. And you keep yourself simmering. You know, like if you think of arousal like it's a thermostat, You've got to be simmering before you even start thinking about being sexual. I actually, um, I, I had trouble with my libido. I totally lost it. I didn't know where I put it down um, yeah. <laughs> a few years back. And yeah. one of the big issues I had was I was expecting my sexuality to be more masculine. So he was able to go from zero to 100 in two minutes just by looking at me naked or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like... That doesn't happen for me. What's wrong with me? Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> because you're not like your partner. Yeah, right? that's right. Or I'm it's like, so much, and I get, and I see, I actually see more couples where the man's got the lower desire. Yes. So it's not that you know the men woe to go like that. Like there's heaps of men who are just like, I don't know, the mojo has gone, and the wife's there going, come on, come on. Oh, I get a lot of clients like that too. It's quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but the thing is, is that, like, sexuality, it's a very, very, very varied thing. There's mm. so many layers and nuances. It's like food. You don't say, oh, yeah, I like food or I don't like food. Or yes. I feel like food or I don't feel like food. We don't do that with food. And sex is just as complex. It's like, mm. what are you in the mood for? What type of lovemaking? Where are you on the, you know, on the scale of getting from here to somewhere else? And, you know, like sometimes, yes, you might want a six-course, you know, gourmet repast. Other times you might just want cheese on toast, mm. right? But if you want the gourmet repast, you can't just kind of rock up home with an empty kitchen and kind of go, da-da, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> and if you if you just want cheese and toast, you don't go around going, oh, what's wrong with me? I don't feel like a six-course meal today. I'm not. You know, or I haven't got time to do a six-course meal, so I, I'm just going to do cheese and toast, you know. Mm. Like, you know, and so you want cheese and toast and, you, and your partner wants, I don't know, Thai, takeaway, you know. Like, it's not that either of you are wrong. It's like how are we going to co-create a meal that's going to work for the two of us? Yes. yes. I know in the right mind would say, 
to their partner, oh, what's wrong with you? You want Chinese? Oh, my God. <laughs> Chops? What's wrong with you, woman? No. It's no. Kind of, what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. And you know what we do? You know what we do? And this, this people, is the big secret to a good sex life. You know All what right. Listen hard. Listen hard. Okay. You, you talk about it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Radical, radical, okay? But this means you've got to throw away all that crap we have about you don't talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Sex is this natural thing that should just happen. No, let me explain something to people, right? Sex is not natural, not in humans, okay? Now, reproduction, sex for reproduction, yes, very simple, very straightforward, doesn't take much. But humans do not have sex for reproductive reasons, mm-hmm. primarily. In humans and the other higher order apes, sex is primarily a bonding function, yes. right? Most mammals or and other animals, they only have sex when the female is fertile. They only do it for the purpose of reproduction, okay? But we do it to be social because our babies, you see, our babies, because of our great big brain, our babies are born really, really prematurely, way, way, way too early, you know, compared mm. to other mammals that can totter along behind their mom or, you know, cling to her back or whatever. No, not ours. <laughs> take, take seven years before a child, a human child, is independent and pretty safe, right, mm-hmm. that they survive. Or 20. Well, yeah, these days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that a solo mother cannot raise a child on her own, or at least couldn't in prehistorical times. Mm-hmm. You needed the partner. You needed the tribe. And so that's why in humans we develop this ability to be very, very sexual, Mm. very sexual, about the most sexual species on the planet. And it's because we've got these great big huge brains. But it's also because we have these great big huge brains that we can do the sorts of things that make sex on an ongoing basis a good thing. Mm. Because it takes some creativity. It takes some communication. It's kind of like, ooh, what are we going to do with this here? Where are you at? Where am I at? Yeah. And that means you've got to know yourself. You've got to tap into yourself and you have to be able to ask for what you want. You've got to be able to listen to your partner because that's what co-creation is. Mm. Without that, nah. nah. You've got, got gruel every night for dinner. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you couldn't talk to your partner about food. You know, they serve, imagine if he served you eggplant every night because he loved eggplant and you hated it. And you, you couldn't say a thing. Sitting there eating your eggplant going, oh, oh, oh Chuck could just toss like eggplant. And then you start thinking, I'm going to have to leave him because I don't like eggplant and you haven't even had the conversation yet. <laughs> Hopefully I'll meet another man who, you know, can mind read me and know that I don't like eggplant. Without having to talk to him, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And we, cause we, you know, because we know that, you know, and also a lot of things that women do, women do this all the time, they hand over their sexuality to the man. Oh, yeah. Like we put men up on this sexual pedestal as though somehow they should know our sexuality. You know, and it's really selfish, ladies. Like, it's not fair on him, and you're missing out. You know, life is not a fairy tale. He is not Prince Charming who's come riding in on his charger to whisk you off your feet to make perfect love to you for the rest of your life. No. Perfect no. love that evolves and changes with your desires. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> moment by moment. Yeah, no. No, 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 he's not your fantasy projection. Mm. He is a real man. And he's probably pretty clueless about your genitalia because he doesn't have your genitalia, Mm. right? And female sexuality is more complex than male sexuality. Mm. He doesn't know what to do. What's he used to? Is he used to stroking his penis like this, right? As if that's ever going to work for a woman. No. (laughs) (laughs) And not that he just wants that either, by the way. That's going back to the... Oh, sorry, this is visual, is it? Sorry, everyone listening in. I was actually simulating um, penile, penile stimulation with a hand. Yeah. I'm sure they can imagine what you're doing there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yes. So, like, he is not perfect. He cannot read minds. Mm. Sex is not natural. Sex is an ongoing co-creation between two people. Mm. Sex is not just what happens in the bedroom. Sex is your entire life. The sexual energy needs to flow constantly. The sexual energy is what gives you as an individual woman your verve and your vibrancy, Mm. and it's what keeps you and your partner in that heightened state of deliciousness and the the simmer going. I'm sure that um, many people can be inspired just from kind of that analogy to food mm. and, and this mm-hmm. idea. But um, 
for, for women who are feeling really stuck, yes, what's something they can do to really go from, you know, eggplant every night for dinner <laughs> to, to something they actually want or desire or maybe they mm. don't know what that is yet, but to mm. expand their repertoire? Yes, so it can be very tricky because as females, we're not brought up to be in touch with our sexuality, mm. even these days. It might be starting to change a little bit, you know, but on the whole, we're not. Um, so you need to actually start to give yourself permission. You need to start saying, well, what do I like? And even start something really simple like, how do you like to be touched? Mm. Like so many women say they don't even like the way their partner holds their hand or they don't like the way he kisses or they don't like the way he touches them. I'm like, well, start there. Yeah. Because too often when people say, oh, I don't know what I like sexually, you know, they're, they're thinking about sort of, oh, do I want to be tied up or do I like anal or, like, you know, they're going to the big stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> right? It's, uh, you know, like to use a cooking analogy, it's like, you know, do you, how much sugar do you want? How much salt? You know, are you a dessert type person? Do you, you know, you veget- It's, you know, there's all this stuff that goes, that's under, that underpins the actual what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Right? It's kind of like, where are you coming from and what's the attitude? I've come up with this whole um, thing myself of the seven elements of sex, which I personify as goddesses for women and stages of mastery for men. So if you do my online courses or read my books, you'll see that. But um, that, because it, there's more to it than that. There's so much more to it. Like, forget about the action. Do you want to use a dildo? Like, I mean, a dildo's never saved anyone's sex life. you've got to have a lighter attitude to the whole thing you know like how do i like to be touched how do i like to be approached Mm. what sort of kissing like you need to get clearer to yourself initially then you need to tap into your fantasies as well you know what is it that might turn you on you know Mm. often it's more about you know texture and nuance and so forth particularly female sexuality right when don't necessarily have such blatant um, kind of images in their minds necessarily. I find for me it's all about being in my body rather than my head. Well, yes. Yes. Get me out of the to-do list and the whatever it is ruminating around in there. Yeah, so how do you do that? Much better chance. Yeah, Yeah. so so it's about thinking of ways to, to do that. Mm, yeah, because essentially what, the, what I teach, and if we're talking about tantra and stuff like that, it's actually about mindfulness. It's, it is about presence. And how are you going to do that? Mm. So for a start, you need to treat your bedroom um, as a sanctuary, especially if you've got kids, right? It's got to be a place away from the world. When you go into that room, you forget about everything else. Mm. It is a de-stress zone, yeah? So you've got you've to come down because too many modern people, particularly women, we're upregulated all the time. We're in our sympathetic nervous system. That's the stress one. That's the switched on, 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 right? And then we get so exhausted, we then go completely to the opposite. We downregulate, we get into the parasympathetic, and we're switched off. The minute we're in bed. Yeah. You're yeah. vegging out in front of the telly or you're in yes. bed, okay? Now, you've got to come into an equilibrium. You've got to get a, an equilibrium between the two. You've got to get into a state of relaxation that's still alert, mm. not vegetation, vegetative. Mm. So you can you you need to know how that's going to happen for you because you are not going to want sex. You're not going to be able to become aroused if you're too upregulated, if you're too stressed. It's not physiologically possible. It's just not, and certainly not to have the kind of quality lovemaking that you know we're talking about here. Yeah. You can sort of force yourself to do it, like oh, God keep him happy. You can take one for the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Men don't like that. No. Men hate it. No. Men hate it when their women give them sex. Mm. Like it's a duty. They get off and then they go, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. It's worse than masturbating. I mean, I've been with thousands of men, well, maybe not thousands, at least a thousand men. That's a lot of men in intimate detail about their sex lives. Mm. And I always say to them, what is it that you love best about sex? Mm. And they all say, even the dickheads, they all (laughs) say her pleasure. Yes. Her pleasure. Like I said at the beginning, a man cannot have the ultimate in sexual um, quality if she's not having a good time mm. he just can't and and it, yeah it makes them feel sort of uh, dirty and ugly and empty yeah. Yeah. if she's not into it so all these women who are thinking they're doing the right thing you know keeping the man happy by giving him one no nah. no nah. 
And that's why they'd rather go and watch some porn because at least there's no, no emotion involved in it. Yeah. Right. Like it's actually worse to have meaningless sex with someone you love. That's worse than having meaningless sex with someone you don't love or just watching it on a screen. Yes. Yeah? Like no. people get very confused about porn. They really do. Men and women get really confused about porn. And that's really another whole other issue. Well, a whole other conversation, yeah. It's another conversation. But, yeah, but coming back to the women, you've got to get yourself in a good space. So you've got to give yourself permission to do that. I mean, you asked me earlier about how I came into doing this work and what made me specialise in sex was um, after my third child was born, um, I was at a, a school function, a parents' function one night, and we'd had a few drinks. And um, there was a couple there. There was a woman there, mother. She'd been, she'd been widowed um, a year or two before. And she was there with a new partner. And they were all over each other, you know. It was kind of like, and everyone was joking and saying, oh, yeah, there you go, you know. It's not going to last. Enjoy it while it lasts. And I was a bit puzzled by this. I was a bit naive about things sexual back then. And I said, what are you talking about? We're having better sex than we ever have. And they all looked at me and they were like, you have three children. You have a baby. How the hell can you be having any sex, let alone the best sex of your life? And I was kind of like, oh, aren't you? Right? <laughs> all those jokes, all those jokes are actually reflecting the sad truth mm-hmm. about how people's sex life can drop off after children and stuff. I had no concept of that, right? Wow. Because... Well, I mean, I've been told by, you know, shamans and stuff that I've had all of these sexual past lives and stuff. So I kind of came into this life apparently with all, you know, I had all the knowledge that I needed to put into practice, right? Oh, right. Now, I wouldn't say that at that time I was having the most exciting sex of my life. Mm. No. Mm. But I tell you what, it was probably the most tender. Mm. Yeah. It was beautiful. And this is the thing. You've got to change the type of sex you have. You've got to change the quality of it. Like with food, if you're really hungry, you don't force a six-course meal down. Mm. It's some cheese and toast. But, boy, if that toast is beautiful sourdough and it's just really gorgeous cheese, you know, like it can be stunningly beautiful cheese on toast. Mm. Right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, simple. Yeah, anyway, so after that I decided to write a book for parents on how to keep the sex life going. Because everyone, like I saw everyone around the place, like they were just so frazzled, mm. you know, especially the women. They're just so frazzled. And, like, you're not going to have good sex, particularly if you think it's that key performance indicator kind of sex that's all got to be hot and heavy and, you know, have these orgasms. Most of the time if you're tired and you've got babies, you don't have an orgasm. Mm. I mean, <laughs> what you want is after you've been putting out, putting out, putting out all day to the babies and toddlers and stuff, is you want your man to just come to you and just hold you. You want him to say, darling, you are the most beautiful woman. Oh, my God, you are my goddess. I admire you so much. Let me hold you. Let me kiss you tenderly. Let me stroke you. And I would love to insert my instrument of love into you so that you can feel the love. Let me transfer it to you gently, so gently, because I love to be in there and it gives me strength and connection as well so that we can do this together, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing when we have babies. Hands up who's done that. Not many, right? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> right? We've got all these crazy ideas about but You know, if the baby wake, woke up, do you know what I would do? I'd put the baby on the bed mm-hmm. because the baby liked to know that mum and dad were nearby and the little bouncy, bouncy motion was really good. And guess what? The room was full of all these lovely pheromones and happy hormones and I have really cool laid-back children. <laughs> right? Awesome. That was surrounded yeah, but, by it. Yeah, because, you know, sex is not a bad thing. We think, oh, we've got to keep sex away from the children. No. No, we don't. Mm. You don't have sex with children, obviously. You know, there's no right in front of them, not at a certain age. But, you know, children need happy parents. That's right. Number one thing that makes children happy is if their parents are happy. And we brought our kids. I'm actually no longer with my with my husband. We parted ways some years ago because we needed to. But yeah, I've got another lovely man now. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, is that we brought our children up to know that mummy and daddy have cuddle time. Mm-hmm. Our children knew that we would have time. We'd be in the bedroom in that sanctuary that I told you about, and they were not to disturb us. Well, they could knock first. They didn't care. Cuddle time. They like cuddles. That makes sense. Mummy and daddy are making love. Yeah, they make love for themselves. They make love for the whole family. Yeah, they come out with smiles on their face. <laughs> What's not to like? And then the kids are not, like, sex is not such a big taboo and they're not, like, 
terrified no. of asking questions and they're not, yeah. um, you know. I've had so many compliments by my kids because they're teenagers and, well, one's a young adult and two teenagers. I had so many compliments from their friends' parents. Like the youngest one who's 13 now, you know, one of his friends' mothers said to me the other day, she goes, thank God for your son because he's putting our sons right. Because they've got stupid ideas. Mm -hmm. Stupid ideas. Mm. But, you know, and when you bring up your children to be really positive around their sexuality, they don't sort of got this thing, they're like, oh, yeah, I've got to get my end in, you know, I've got to do this. You know, my kids are like, we'll have sex, I'm already have sex, mum. And it's a normal conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of worrying, you know, what they're going to pick up from out there and porn being so accessible to the young kids, like... yep. Yep. So much, uh, I don't know, so much messaging that's damaging. It is. And you know who needs to set them straight on it? Their parents. Yeah. Because schools can't do it. Schools can Mm. only do it to a certain extent. I kind of believe as well that you kind of need to get in there before the peers. Yeah. You can't be just responding to, oh, so-and-so told me this. You have to get in there first and have some kind of a belief system going yeah. before the peers. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when my eldest was five, and he's 21 now, when he was five, he came home from school one day and he was going, oh, mum, dad, what do you do? What? S, S, oh, do you, you know, like it was this really sort of naughty thing. And we looked at him, we just calmly said, you know, yes, yes, that's cuddle time. And the look on his face, he was so bewildered. He could not reconcile in his little brain this lovely normal cuddle time with this clearly naughty bad sort of, you know, we've got to, you know, chuckle about it. Yes. He couldn't. And I was just like, thank God he understands cuddle time. Yeah. Right? And so by the time they get older and, you know, and then there is porn because they are watching porn, whether you want to admit it or not, your children are watching porn. And if you don't give them good quality values and good education around sex, they will pick up the porn ones. Oof, yeah. yeah, right. And porn is not designed for 12-year-old brains. No. It's designed for adults who have the ability to under, put it in context. Mm. It's not real. It's entertainment. A little bit is fine. It's like the eating girl's chocolate. not really enjoying it. Well, she might be. I actually know porn. I know quite a few female porn stars and they actually enjoy it. That's okay. why they do it. Right. But it's not everyone's cup of tea. And, yeah, and they also use a little loop. You know, but mostly they're doing it for the money, you know. Like, hopefully they enjoy it as well, right? But if she's not enjoying it yet, she's very good at making it. So, you know, like, with so many myths around porn as well. You know, if you understand that porn is just a visual medium designed to titillate, yeah, it's not fantastic, it's not wholesome, it's like chocolate, a little bit's fine, but too much is not good for you. Mm. It's exactly the same, but you know, it's like giving sweets to small children. They don't know how to stop. Like they don't understand. You've got to you've got to give them context for it. So you can teach children don't have too many sweets for all these reasons. You can say, you know, this thing about porn. You know, rather you didn't watch it, but if you do, you need to understand. And as parents, you need to be modelling a really good, healthy sexuality. You've got to be comfortable about it. You've got to be comfortable in your own skin. The kids have got to see that, you know, because what they need to learn is that difference between that very just, you know, physical masturbatory, like let's just get off kind of sex and sex as, as, as the creation of a loving connection. Mm. So if your kids see you and your partner having a loving connection, and they will sense, because you can always sense a couple who, you know, they've got that little extra something. It doesn't matter how old they are. I've seen it in people in their 90s, you know. They've got... And the kids pick up on that. Yeah. And, and it makes the children feel secure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah? If they know their parents are loving and they're, you know, or even, you know, a step parent or, you know, mum's boyfriend or, you know, like doesn't have to, even if you're separated, like that's fine. But it, you still need to have a good relationship with your ex because that's really important too, if you possibly can. Yeah. But, you know, like they need to see that. They see their parents. You know, their parents and their parents' partners as, you know, they represent man and woman, mm. right? It's their modelling, isn't it? It's like so this, much is model- po- this is what's possible. I want that, you know, yeah. somewhere in yeah. the subconscious. Yeah, well, if it's good and if it's bad, then they don't have a, a model as to, mm. well, what should I be doing? And then they'll go and, you know, eat chocolate and sweets and watch porn to mm. comfort themselves. Mm-hmm. 
right? So a lot of people fall into using porn, especially men, because it's comforting. It becomes comfortable, you know. And, like, a lot of women don't understand how that could be comforting. Yeah, I had a client just the other day say, I just don't understand. I walked in on him the other day and she's got real issues with porn because she sees it as infidelity. And she said he wasn't even looking at it. He just had it on the background. I don't get it. What's, that's weird. It's weird. What's his weird fetish? There's some weird fetish thing. I'm like, no, it's comforting for him. Yeah. Right? Because they weren't having sex, by the way. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I'm coming back to the porn thing again. Very complex. But Very complex. Um a lot mm. of a lot of couples when they've been together for a long time mm. tend to stop having sex. I mean, um, you know, it's kind of like what we were saying about when you're eating eggplant every night or mm. bread and dripping. And I've had women ask me before, why is it really important? Is it really <laughs> important that we still have sex? And I'm like, yes, it is. But I'd love <laughs> to hear your version of that. Look, there's a small proportion of the population who are asexual and really just don't um, feel the need for it. Um, and there's some people who sublimate their sexuality and channel it into other areas. So, yes, look, you don't. it's not like food. We can't live without food. We can live without sex. But the question is more, well, where's your vibrancy? Where's your zest? Because a lot of the people you hear saying, oh, I don't feel like I need sex anymore, when you look at them, they're pretty darn flat. Mm. You know, like there's not a lot going on in life or they sort of kind of put all their effort into their children or something and then what's going to happen when they leave home or, you know, like, yeah. Mm. And often it goes hand in hand with disconnection, doesn't it? I mean, connection kind of does naturally flow into into sex, so... Yes, mm. yes, absolutely. So when, um, well, certainly when I work with people, we're never talking just about sex. Occasionally, if they've already got a really good connection and they just want to know some stuff about sex. But generally what we're looking at is all the stuff that leads to sex. It's yeah. all about how do you connect in this way? Mm. How do you access your sexual energy so that it actually becomes this powerful trans- transformative uh, energy in your life? That's what sex. That's what the sexual energy is about. And that's why I sometimes go to um, more traditional sort of um, you know, tantric or Taoist approaches to sexuality because they understood it so much better than the West has traditionally. Mm. We're starting to understand it, but mm. only just starting to understand it. So by my own field, I call myself a transpersonal sexologist. Like there must be three of us in the world. You know, like <laughs> all the other sexologists are out there still thinking, oh, you know, is the erection functioning well? Good, good. Is she lubricating? Fine, jolly good. Off you go. Yeah. Like, no, no, yeah. You know, and, and just kind of, and it's all based on statistics. So it's kind of like, well, if most people aren't having sex, then that must be normal. And I'm like, well, we don't do that in other parts of health. We don't sort of say, well, most people are overweight, so that must be normal and it's okay. We don't have to worry about it. Mm. Right? The research hasn't even been done on what the positive benefits of sex are, really. Mm. Yeah, a little bit, but not much, not really. And we still sort of simplify everything to, you know, orgasm, good or bad. No one actually says what kind of orgasm, how does the orgasm come about, what's the lead up to it, how do you do it afterwards? Yeah, Mm. it's a bit like saying eggplant, good or bad. You know, it's like... It's kind of like, what are you having it with? <laughs> right? so we're still not asking these, these questions yet. And so too often we, we're not getting the answers. It's starting to change. Like in the 15 years or so that I've been doing this, it's starting to change. It really is starting to change. Mm. But, um, but still not. So a lot of these people when they say to me, oh, sex, why would I want to have sex? Yeah, it's kind of, they're kind of like, well, Eggplant, why would I need to have eggplant, you know? It's kind of like you're asking the wrong question. Yes, that's, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. So what is the question? Yeah. <laughs> well, how do, I want to, <laughs> how do I want to get this zest and how do I want to stay young and how do I want to stay vibrant? Mm. And why am I partnered up with someone else? Like we're not just here to be housemates, right? There's so And it, it can be a bit tricky because sometimes it's like, actually I was talking to a client about this the other day because she got it. She got, she was in this, she's been in this really sexless or very bad occasional sex thing for, oh God, how long was it? 30 years, I think. Oh. Yes, right? And she has just started having an affair. Okay. Um, actually, no, no, the affair's been going on for about a year. So she's kind of come to me because her husband has said, I 
I want to have sex again now. He found out she was having an affair and he's like, oh, gosh, gosh, maybe we should have sex again. So she's really puzzled by this because she's saying, <laughs> she's saying it's kind of like now that she's actually experienced quality sex, like beautiful, connected, loving she said it's like, we were talking about it, and she said it's like being um, colorblind for your whole life mm. and then suddenly you can see color. Mm. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. So that, But it's very hard to explain to someone who can only see black and white how amazing color is. So to try and say to someone who's only ever had like really bad, awful sex just how amazing it can be. Is like trying to explain colour, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it, it's just it's just qualitatively because mm-hmm. we always think about quantity in terms of mm-hmm. sex. You know, and there was women or and men like this woman's husband. You know, like it's like, oh, God, you know, good sex. That must mean having to do more of it. Or God, we have to use a dildo or tie ourselves up or something. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you know, it's bad enough, let alone having to do more. <laughs> It's not about more. It's about being given a, an uncooked raw eggplant that's slightly mouldy and going, here you go, here's an eggplant, or having an eggplant that's just been cooked in the most amazing sauces and it's soft and it's mellow and just the smell of it just goes you along. Know. Yes. I don't know why we keep talking about eggplant. It's <laughs> I don't know, but it's kind of it's a lovely, <laughs> lovely vegetable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, Tantra has... Mm so much to offer doesn't it i mean just the breathing mm. together just the yes. eye gazing just the yes. the touching i mean yes doesn't matter yes. what else happens it's... no no and it doesn't matter what else happens because it's not just about having the penis in the vagina yeah if that doesn't happen it's great but if mm. it does happen it's going to be just a sense of more yeah. more expansiveness mm. and it's not about prepping yourself to be penetrated i hate that word penetration i think it's a dreadful word it's so aggressive but it's about opening up and opening up and opening up and then inviting him into you because you mm. want him in you it's all about invitation i always say to women it's not penetration it's invitation and this is why you've got to understand your own body and your own desires and your own arousal because women's bodies do take longer to warm up if you're not keeping yourself simmering all the time. But as you become, and if you do keep yourself simmering, this is why it's so good to have this sexual energy flowing because it keeps you soft. Mm. Yes, yeah, strong, but the soft, it keeps you juicy. It keeps you, you just feel the deliciousness in your body the whole time. Right? It's the life energy. The yes. sex energy comes, the sex energy is transformed into the life energy. Yeah? So if you're shutting off your sex energy, you're shutting off your life energy. That's why people get old and narrow and dried up, right? Mm. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're letting the sex energy flow, you're going to be looking a lot younger. You're going to be a lot more vital. You'll be healthier, right? I can't remember the last time I got sick. You know, I don't, don't like, I haven't even had a Panadol in years. I don't know. You know, it just doesn't, I shouldn't say I'll probably get really sick now. But, <laughs> Touch wood. Yeah, yeah, but, but there's yeah. a connection. Apparently, there's a definite connection, yes. Yeah. I look 15 younger than I am. I don't know if that's true or not. The wrinkles are starting to show. But, you know, and, like, sex gets better. I'm in my 50s and the sex gets better and better. None of this, like, drying up, like, just wetter and wetter, you know, postmenopausal. Yeah, great. Best sex ever. <gasps> Woohoo! Right. So there's all these myths about sex. There's all these myths. But when you let this energy flow, it's a creative energy as well, which means you've got more creativity in your body, in your life, and life is a creative expression. So if you're not letting the sexual creative energy flow, then your life's just going to be, And so many people, even though we've got better standards of living than we ever have before, even though we've got so many opportunities and, like, we just press buttons and all these wonderful things are done for us, like, if you compare how hard you know, life was in the old days. Yeah, so people are not happy. Mm. Like, they're just, like, dried up, shriveled, tight, like tight because there's no connection. It's like, ah, I've got to survive, I've got to survive, I don't know how I'm going to survive, ah. Rather than <laughs> opening up and sharing, particularly with this beautiful person who you have chosen to go on this journey of life with, mm. this person who probably loves you to pieces. And right? would love to serve you something apart from eggplant. Love yes. to. Yes. If only they knew. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And look, I'm going to say something here too because I have worked with so many people is often it's the women who are shutting out the men, right? Mm. It's the men are actually more emotional than the women are. Mm. 
And the men are saying, I want, I just want to make love to you. I just want to share a beautiful experience with you. I think you're gorgeous. I don't care if you're flabbier than you were. I don't care. You're gorgeous. And the, woman, and the woman's often there going like, no, 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 no. You just want to get your dick wet. No, no, no. I'm too, oh, I'm too ugly. I don't feel confident. My breasts are too saggy. <laughs> they're going, darling, I love your breasts. Your breasts have fed our children. I don't care that they're saggy. You know, it's like, so true. It's so true. It's, it's. Mm. You know, we, it's hard to open when Mm. you've been, I don't know, trying to get everything done, when you've been shamed out of your body, when you've been, you know, like, I don't know, afraid of sex in a way. Yeah. And look, and it is a journey. Like Mm. you don't just suddenly snap out of it. Right? It's a journey, and that's why often with the work I do with women in particular, you know, I've got these seven stages that I talked about, which you can read in my book, The Seven Sex Goddesses, or my online course, or do a workshop with me. Yes. Um, and I'm actually just um, about to release a new version of my online courses for men and women. Really much improved. I'm very excited about this. Um, so, But if you if you sign up and it's the old one, you'll still have access to the new one. And the show, um, the links to all those will be in the show notes of the podcast. So yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or workshops. Like it's a process. Yes. It's a process. So you can't expect to suddenly, but this, it really all just starts with actually honoring yourself mm. as a woman, giving yourself a break, stopping and having a cup of tea during the day so that you can, down regulate you know wearing some sexy underwear whatever that is for you because it makes you feel better Mm. yeah go and buy those shoes but not compulsively because it's just a brief satisfaction but because when you wear them you feel good Mm. you know like do what you need to do give up the job that you hate you know tell your partner what you want go and get some couple therapy because it's going to make your life a lot better Mm. People seem to think like relationships, like sex, two of the potentially the most beautiful things in life, but quite challenging because it's not natural any more than cooking is natural. Mm. Can you putting people in a kitchen without any instructions about what to do? They wouldn't be able, I mean, they might be able to feed themselves. They're not going to be good food, right? Not naturally gifted. But, mm. you know, like do it. Discover stuff. There's so many people out there like me, like you, who have got good stuff to offer, mm. read it, do the courses, read the books, and most importantly, connect with your partner. Now, there aren't a lot of people out there, I will say, though, who are specialising in sexuality and couples at the same time. It's still yes. a bit, you know, you've got your relationship counsellors over there and you've got your sex therapists over there and there's a few of us that are really bringing mm. the two and then add all of this extra stuff around, well, you know, the transpersonal elements, you know, the tantric and the... Oh, that good, juicy, delicious. So good. And and that kind of brings us beautifully because I know you have to run in yes. a minute too. Yep. Where can people find you and find out about your workshops, courses, retreats, <laughs> books, whatever? Well, all on my website. All on your website. Yeah. Like it's, there's a lot on my website. So if you go to my website, take your time to look around. Yeah. You know, it's not a simple website. Um, but yes, yeah, so I do, um, I do do two day women's workshops in Sydney and I do really beautiful couples retreats in the Blue Mountains and in Bali, but there's online courses, there are books, there's a blog with over 300 articles on it. There's my YouTube channel. It's got masses of videos and I've got, um, two podcasts on iTunes and there's probably I mean, lots of articles and talks I've given as well. They're all up there and like, whether you want free stuff, and I go out of my way to offer a lot of free stuff because um, not everyone can afford it. But, look, ladies, just for a start, go and buy my book, Seven Sex Goddesses. Um, it's like 14 bucks or something. It's digital. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's a really good – it's a really good start. And, um, yeah, and, and it's a beautiful journey. Like, yes. it really – there's nothing quite like feeling empowered in yourself. Yeah. Never going to feel empowered if you don't address your sexuality. Yeah. You're just not. It's... And actually feeling uncomfortable in sexuality or in that area is just an invitation really, isn't it? In, in, to just go grab that book or go see someone yeah. and start yeah. exploring. Like people think it's scary. It's not scary. It's actually not scary once you actually do it. Like when people come and see me for, their, for the end of the first session, invariably people go, oh, my God, what a relief. <laughs> yes, I've, I've had that for 12 years and never mentioned it to a soul. And oh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just start opening up, just like start talking because it's a beautiful thing. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. It's just it's like food. 
It's as beautiful as food is. If you don't like food, well, okay, maybe you're asexual, but some people are, right? But generally, it is a beautiful thing. And we, as humans, we are hardwired to connect with other people. That's what keeps us, yeah, we are a social species. We are a bonding species. And the better the quality of our connections with other humans, the healthier we are, both mentally and physically and emotionally. And the primary relationship with a significant other, when we're kids, it's with our parents, and as adults, it's with our significant other. The better the quality of that, the healthier and happier we are. Yeah, the most fulfilling thing in the world, which is why we do this, hey? Indeed. Here's a little snippet of what happened after I'd said goodbye to Jacqueline, but we kept talking, and we're talking about how to stay juicy with our busy, hectic lives. Right? So rather than sort of going, oh, God, I've got to do all of this stuff, how can I stay juicy? Yeah. You know, how can I fit that in? It's kind of like, no, 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 you've got to start with that. Right? That's got to be the base level thing. You've got to be putting those things into your life. Mm. Right? And then if you notice the juicy factor is kind of diminishing, then you're kind of like, well, I'll we'll do less of that. Mm-hmm. Do I'm not sure. Are you saying that you, you start with the doing the juicy things? Yes. So that's like maybe having a rest, doing some dancing, yes. Yes. using your jaded, whatever it is. Yes. And the other stuff has to fit around the juicy stuff. Yes. yes. Right. That is what I'm saying. <clears throat> so you can tell how well you're doing because you can kind of check your juiciness level. Right. Yes. Right? So if you're <laughs> feeling like, oh, like something, I'm kind of getting a bit to overwhelm or something here, right? Then it's sort of like, yeah, but you're noticing that on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Like you put yourself first, basically, is what I'm saying. I think I do that in a in a sort of being with spirit. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not being with my juiciness. It's kind of, yeah. a, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because this juiciness is sort of the combination of the physical and the spiritual. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? I like that. I think I'm going to yeah. add that to my little... Yeah, because if you're just doing like the upper chakras, so to speak, then it's pretty easy to actually burn out because you're mm. physically just getting too tired. You're like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm just going to meditate my way through this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, you're exhausted. Mm. Like you've got to <laughs> you feed yourself from the bottom up sort of. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Love it. All right. Thank go you. Run. All right. Go run. See you. this episode i would be so grateful if you could take a moment to leave a review and rating over at itunes or just share this episode with someone who you think would really benefit from hearing it if you need more support in your relationship i have online workshops courses and one-on-one sessions available with me over on my website www.nicolematheson.com where you can also find the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye.